This is Corolla Digital. Hello, my little crazins. It's me, Allison. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. My guest on this episode is Ray Seahorn. But before we get into the show, I believe we have time for an iTunes comment of the week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. All right, this, this week's iTunes comment of the week comes from SCBen29, and it's titled Great Show. Allison does a great job with her guests and has the best intro and segment music on the radio or potosphere. Well, thank you. I happen to agree, and all of the music is courtesy of Tom Rap, a.k.a. Trap Dog. Thank you, Trap Dog, for making this the best in the potosphere. Sounded like I was saying something else. I don't know what it sounds like I'm saying, though, but I'm not. I'm saying, you know, the sphere of podcasts. I'm doing that thing with the S's again. Anyway, um, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at GoToMeeting. Let's say you're comfortably playing croquet or finishing a project that you're crocheting or you're in the bath. Or you're just wearing your pajamas. The point is, you don't want to have to schlep your buns into work to meet with your coworkers in the same room, the same stuffy, smelly, could smell like cheese or it could smell like someone microwave something. And you're like, I know you used the microwave two days ago. Why does it still smell like beef in here? And drafty and just, just unpleasant. You don't want to be in an unpleasant office with unpleasant people when you could meet face to face with unpleasant people or pleasant people from the comfort of wherever you are, be it your home or a coffee house or Aruba or a billiards hall. It could be anywhere. With GoToMeeting, you can meet from wherever you are on your computer. You can use your iPad. You can even use your iPhone. You can see each other if you're on your computer iPad in crystal clear HD quality. You can hear each other you can collaborate on documents. You can give each other control of your screen. You can um, you know, show people. It, anything that you can do in person, you can do with GoToMeeting. And it's so much more convenient. And it's actually fun. I've said it before. Gary and I use it. And then when we get off of our meeting or when, when the meeting ends and I just go back to my sad email, I think, I'm kind of lonely now. I kind of miss, miss that kind of contact that we had with GoToMeeting. But I never feel that way when I have an actual meeting. Hence, go to meeting might actually be better because it it works with your schedule and it works the way you work from the comfort of wherever you are. I think you know what I'm saying. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com. Click the Try It Free button and use the promo code Allison. Remember, use the promo code Allison because I'm Allison. That is how it works. Okay, here's the episode with Ray Seahorn. I love you guys and I'll talk to you later. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen, and I'm here with Ray Seahorn, and I'm very excited about that. <laughs> And let's just first of all address some things that I'm wondering about. You're drinking mm-hmm. Diet Pepsi and water, and mm-hmm. I love that because I always want to drink more than one thing. And you really? have pretty, you have a fancy manicure. 
Let's talk oh. about any of that. <laughs> um, these are gels, which I hear you're not supposed to do very often because doesn't you have to like have them dissolved off. You can't even take them off yourself. So it's I've bad never, for the nails. You've never done that? No, I never have. I've been tempted, but at the time I was actually – someone was telling – was making me – think that maybe I should be worried about the UV light that they yes. use. Yes, there's also a UV light because they, it's, it's, it's like automotive paint. I mean, look at it. This is right. two weeks old. I know. That lo- does look like body it's paint. It's like, yeah, it's completely like. Perfect. Um, and it's like this crazy high gloss stuff. And it's true. It does stay on for like a month, but they use a UV light to like sear it onto. Right. It's like well, grafted into my body. But then I heard that actually there you don't really need to be worried about the UV light because if it was doing anything bad, like your hands would start getting more tan and they don't. You know what I mean? Like that would be a sign that it's affecting the cells. They're like it can't be doing anything bad because you would immediately see cancer, right? So <laughs> yeah, since I right? don't, cancer I'm sure everything's fine. Immediately. Oh, right. now okay, now what does it say on the fourth finger? You're just going to say I'm dorky now. No, I'm not. Promise it's, I um, okay, so they're peach and like poppy red striped, and then um, on both fingers, ring fingers on each side, it says accept, and then the other one says love. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, that's Do you have a problem with accepting love? A little bit. Oh, a little bit. Let's talk about that after we talk about the two beverages. Okay, two beverages. I um I can't get enough beverages. Like I wish I could. Ha- I fill the table like at a restaurant with beverages. Don't mm-hmm. you do that? Because yeah. I'm thinking like I might want a glass of wine, but you should also drink water right. so you can stay hydrated. And then I'm like, what if I get sleepy while I'm talking to people from the wine? So then I'll get coffee. Mm-hmm. And then I think, well, if they don't have almond milk for the coffee, I'm going to get mad. So I'll just go ahead and get a Diet Pepsi and and then yeah. bring up cancer again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I I pretty much always order coffee and Diet Coke. And I know that at restaurants, it's always coffee supposed to be end of the meal. But I like it during the meal. I like it during. I like it during. Because, like I said, if it's not good coffee, then I want my food to be able to wash that taste out. Right. When I was in college and um, I was uh, much heavier. I was about 55 pounds heavier. And I I used to tell my girlfriends that, uh, because at the time I drank regular Coke all the time, like 12 packs. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't imagine why I was chubby. And I would go to restaurants and order a Coke, and the waitress would say, oh, do you mean Diet Coke? And I'd say, no, 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 I'll I'll be fine, regular Coke. And she'd bring a Diet Coke back anyway. Really? And give me a weird look and say, like, it's it's diet. And it was kind of like, just do this. Yeah. And I told my friends, and they said, you're exaggerating. And they came with me. Very first restaurant we went to, same thing happened. The woman was just like, well, yeah, how about a Diet Coke? And I was like, no, I'm fine, Coke. And she's like, mm, diet. (laughs) So I couldn't get a regular Coke. Yeah. It was good. It was good. So when you were 55 pounds heavier, (laughs) Gary, can you turn the clock on? Let's talk about that. Oh. Now, but see, you are, you're tiny now. That's sweet of you. But you are. I don't think of myself that way, but thank you. No one ever thinks of themselves the way they are. No. And you always, and if you ever have been heavier, that's the person you see in the mirror. Yes. Forever. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, So when you had 55 pounds on you, what, I'm trying to imagine what you were. Like how did like how? I was a bear. No, I was a, <laughs> I, I was a leprechaun. No, I was I was still me. Um, <clears throat> well, it only ballooned up to like the heaviest for a short period of time. But prior to that, yeah, I would be called like you know if people were being nice and on my better years, they'd say she's a curvy girl. You'll mm. always, you know what? Even if you lost weight, you're just big boned. You're just like a bigger girl. I was I was did overweight you get that? growing up and like into my 20s. Yeah, there used to be a lot more of me. So yeah, people would always say that. Um, yeah, I'm here. Because you're small. Or, oh, well, see, thank you. I feel like 
I'm not accusing you of lying, but like when I hear that, it's like, oh, someone's just lying to be nice to me. So that's, that's I all totally, I, that's I all totally I relate yeah. to what you're saying. Like the other day, someone said, "You look so petite," and I like, I like did a double take and I said, "I do." I would definitely think of you as a I petite don't. figure. Oh my god, no! Can I? Okay. Your jib is petite. You cut a petite jib. <sighs> I love that. Thank <laughs> you. I feel like I cut a like a an enormous jib, a jib that needs a lot like of like a sail, like a swath. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. It's, where are you from? Jib. Where am I from? Yeah, originally. Um, like, where's your family? Do you go home to visit family in another my, place? They're in, they're in Orange County, California, so okay. not super far away. Because I always feel like only in L.A. am I, like, no, like, normal size, and then you go to, like, normal places, like, for me to go see my family in Virginia, and, and they think of me as anorexic. Like, I go there just for, like, a week just to, like, feel better about my body. Because mm-hmm. then you come back and here. Right. I know it is. It, here it's, everyone... like, size zero is, like, iffy. Yeah, I know every <laughs> right. You might need to lose a few. You should probably juice. Yeah, make it a zero because well, there's every... negative sizes. So work on it. Are there really negative sizes? No, but there are double zeros and triple zeros now, and I don't understand. I don't. Ugh. I can't figure out if that means more than a zero or less than a zero. Right. Well, because like uh, in a bra cup size, double is double's is less. Bigger? Yeah, it's less. A double A is smaller than an A. Right. When you were heavier, did you have bigger boobs? I had huge boobs, like no, busting out I, of a D cup. Honestly, I'm that person who even, who, I was that, and I've heard people say, oh, it's so sad when people are overweight and they still have a small rack. That was me. Really? Yeah. In fact, I recently got, here's a comment. I recently got a hater comment that said, you are a spinster with, uh, and by the way, I don't, oh, see, I don't even want to give this guy the, the attention. Cause it's a was someone related hater. to like Grimm's of Grimm's fairy tales <laughs> writing you like, who says spinster? <laughs> yeah, who lives in a gingerbread house is what he said. <laughs> I'm um, not a spinster. I just live in a silver- shoe and you should leave me alone. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, I have silver skates and a goose. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> My cupboards are bare. God. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, see now, when, okay. What did he write? I, he said that you're a spinster with small tits and giant thighs. I can't stand your laugh. Like, get off the Adam Carolla show wow. or something. But this is, there's a particular hater out there. Ooh, let's tell him what to do, though, Gary. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Yeah, there's nice. one person who uses the word spinster all the time on in a variety of media. And this is the same person? Yeah, it's the same person. I don't, want to say, I don't want to give him attention. Yeah, you never want to give people attention. But I, I think I, it's very weird because I'm, um, I'm engaged and like people who on the show have listened to the whole story of how I met my boyfriend and that I've been with him for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are, people know. So I think that when I first joined the show, I think possibly I made a comment about how I never thought it was that weird that I, I think at the time I was 35. I never thought it was weird that I was 35 and didn't have kids, except all of a sudden I'm getting, since becoming part of the Adam Carolla show, I'm getting, people are always surprised that I don't have kids and surprised that I'm not married. And it's like, I'm a spinster. I think I said that at one point and he latched onto it or something. It's ridiculous. It's strange, but it's weird. But so anyway, yeah, small tits, big everything else when I was at my heaviest. So how did you lose it? Um, my whole life I was like always trying different diets and stuff. And, uh, so you were big boned when you were younger. (laughs) I was, I was six foot two. And, um, I basically stopped the dieting and got like an eighth grade health. And I was always tired and sick. And I figured, Mm -hmm. all right, you know what? If everybody's right and I'm just like bigger and I'm going to go for character parts in theater, that's all I could ever get auditions for, which was perfectly happy with the parts. But people felt the need to tell me why I would never play an ingenue. You know, we can't, well, we can't really, you know, like if I was interested in a part that, uh, 
at all had anybody that was supposed to be attracted to her, they'd be like, well, not, not you know, that part's probably not going to be yours because there, there's a guy that's attracted to that person. So, would, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Would they ever, like, close the loop of explain? Like, would they ever say, we are talking specifically about your weight? No, but sometimes that's worse because people would say it um, – in a friendly way as though it's a given and not right. even an insult. So that yeah. kind of sucks more. But right. um, so I stopped all that stuff and just got like an eighth grade health book and relearned like nutrition and portion size and tried to get healthy. And then I lost a lot of weight but had no toning. And then mm-hmm. it was like five years after that that I was like, oh, right. You're supposed to like move quickly on occasion as yeah. exercise because <laughs> I never did but nothing. Right. I well, wouldn't even un- walk. It's uncomfortable. That's I the thing. I do not Sweat, dig the exercise. not but, pleasant. But now I, uh, but now I do because I want to eat. I'm not into the mm-hmm. not eating thing. So, how much do you feel like having had a weight problem? I mean, that's is that? How, would you say that you used to have a weight problem? I would say it was chunky and unhealthy, and then ballooned into actually like overweight, overweight. How much do you feel like that affects who you are today? Mm, it's part of the whole picture for sure. Because I think because uh, I had to. I think because of my, I think that leading me to training and auditioning and playing roles in theater that were always the character part. Um, and the physicality was about something else other than um, trying to be pretty because I couldn't compete with the people that are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of spared that and then um, given given the chance to work really hard on a lot of other stuff. And so I think that I think that is part of who I am as an actor, but it still messes with your head because I don't see that person now. I get I start to sweat if an audition breakdown includes like the word attractive or pretty or these days the face. <laughs> if I see this description one more time and blow my head off, it'll say pretty without trying. I'm like, what does that what does, Yeah, what does that mean? Because I'm sure you really want me to show up with no makeup on, right. like in my pajamas. It's not. <laughs> you know that. And the other thing is don't ever take it literally if it says she's sick or on her death. But no, still come in full makeup and yeah. do your hair. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, what's in casting language, what's the opposite of pretty without trying? Drag queen? Yeah, I don't know. Like, or high maintenance. They like right. to call people high maintenance and stuff like that. I'm always trying my ass off, and then it's still just not successful some days. I just, like, just accept. (laughs) But, like, I'm always trying. Yeah. Um, So when you go out for a role where it says pretty, though, do you you feel okay about that? And let me say, I think you're gorgeous. That's very sweet. I don't know if you feel like you are, but I feel like you just definitely are. That's so nice of you. It's true, though. I'm just going to hang out here. I don't know if someone writes in to the Corolla show because, I mean, you're obviously gorgeous. Let's just make this a love fest. Okay. Um, With my tiny jib. No, but you are. I kind of feel like it's objective on some level oh. that, like, you're super attractive. That, well, okay. Thank you. So if someone yet, wrote in, I, like, I, no, you're so crazy hot. It's not like you sit there and believe it and go, you know what? I am. No, it feels like they're talking. It feels like it was – it. It feels like I'm, I feel like a fraud. Like I feel like, oh no, you don't. You're not seeing me correctly. That's For not sure. really what it yep. is. Is that how all women feel? Unless they're I assholes? think so on some level. And if you are getting any, um, if you are getting a lot of feedback from people that don't know know you at all, um, whether it's reviews or it's uh, critics, if they do comment on you know your physicality and um, or fans or anything else or naysayers, that's what I like to call them. Um, <laughs> There's a part of you that has to learn how to tune out the horrible things people say 
um, yeah. and not <clears throat> sit there and actually think like, maybe I am ugly and untalented and awful and should die. But right. um, so you start tuning all that out and then you, and then, and then it kind of, you get to a place where, oh, then I shouldn't really believe anybody authentic, you know, on a, on any kind of authentic level that they're saying anything right. that's truth. And so you don't kind of hear any of it and you can, you can get pretty lost. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. You, you grew up in Virginia or you grew up all over? I grew up all, I mean, I was born in Virginia and then I moved. That's right. We were talking about that on that, um, Adam show. By the way, that's one of the ugliest hate tw- tweets I ever got or blogs. I don't even know what it was, was after I did the Adam show. Really? Cause what did I they say? was super sick. I think they had, told you guys but I there was no way I was canceling I was really excited to come and I also thought it'd be insanely lame to cancel day of and I thought like suck it up thank you get some day quill whatever but I kept turning my head and coughing off camera mm-hmm. and um and I was not gonna like give some big disclaimer but now I am here I am doing it but uh like I'm sick and I barely made it, so uh, isn't it gra- isn't it great that I'm that I'm living and breathing? But uh, someone like did write in. Why did you? It was something like, why did you have that disgusting girl uh, who sounds like she smoked a hundred packs of cigarettes and keeps hacking nice emphysema and she's not even funny or something like that? I was Jesus. like, why do you have that much time to hate me? I, I just, well, a that lot- person needs a full hobby. Yeah. Jo- like volunteer somewhere. Like <laughs> a lot of people, a lot, lot, lot of people listen to the show. They're not. They don't always have the nicest things to say. They're very involved. They, um, I well, I was gonna say they can be especially hard on women, but I feel like they're just especially hard on everyone. And oh, by really? the way, this is what I want to say to them. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Okay, I have to tell the listeners that when I said, by the way, this is what I want to say to them. I wish you guys could have seen Gary because he's sitting in the booth and he like he was like, oh, oh shit, it's go time. <laughs> he's like, this is what I do. <laughs> but he awesome. did it, it well. I'm just saying like the whole his sure. whole body reacted like, yeah. we are going to do this now button. He could definitely be in the exit row on a plane. Like he <laughs> yes. like went into gear for right. all of it. Right. I dig it. He just went just muscle memory. This, sure. this is how we do it. Do um, you believe your husband when he tells you you're pretty? Well, uh, we're not married yet. But, oh, right, because you're a spinster. Um, I forgot. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, no, not even that. You're right. We have issues. No, I believe that he thinks I'm pretty. <laughs> Such issues. He actually said the nicest thing to me the other night. He said, because I was explaining that I feel like one of my problems that I'm sort of just becoming aware of is how much I I feel like love is conditional and I feel like if I don't do this or that inadvertently his love for me and this is nothing he has done this is just me like his love for me will somehow wilt and he was saying he was like I that doesn't even make sense to me you mean outside of like deal breakers within the relationship yeah. not betraying him or something yeah, like that yeah yeah no no like what are the things that you think would be conditional? Not meeting his needs? Is it all about oh, you? This is okay. This is going to sound so crazy. Now, it, maybe actually people will relate to it, but I, it's like I haven't. I don't know that I specifically talked about this stuff on the show, but I will talk about it. Which is okay. So, being the um, fat, large, jibbed lady that I was for many years, <laughs> I was not good at dating. This I have talked about on the show. Um, mm-hmm. So, for some people, this will be a retread. Sorry. Here we go. Yeah, always made the wrong choices. Never good at dating. Mm-hmm. Um, felt like. I, the minute I liked someone and they, the minute I was dating someone, it was like something I had to manage. I was over, always overthinking, always nervous. And mm-hmm. then 
you know, eventually I just like, I can't, I can't date. This is, it's toxic for me. And I'm just going to focus on everything else. And I uh, was single for a while. And then I read a bunch of dating books. And really? Yes. And I actually like John Gray, Mars are, uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. I haven't read it. I like his books for, you know, I feel like I, I learned, like one is just like, uh, like basically Mars and Venus on a date. And it kind of taught, like, I feel like no one ever taught me how to date. Huh. I don't know how other people learn, but um, it sort of walks no, through that. No, I'm a that. disaster. I'm a disaster at it. Okay. Oh, sure. well, let's, I want to find out about that. No. <laughs> yeah. No, we got to talk about that. So, so well, so. These books helped? They. I need to get these books. They did. Mars and Venus on a date. They did. But his whole thing is men, um, a man's. Uh, men feel like their purpose is making a woman happy. And, and when they feel like they can't please her or can't make her happy, uh-huh. it, it kind of creates this consternation or frustration in them, um, which is why. And like like uh, in the in the dating period, like a man doesn't want to be with a woman who's like, you know, uh, did you like that movie? Eh. Like or whatever. Just like a very closed off, non-responsive woman. Like be responsive, be open. Okay. Um, but necessarily in a positive way and a no, way that gives them even... credit. No, I don't even think it's that. I hmm. think it's just, you know, let him know what makes you happy and what doesn't, and just kind of let him know. Give that him a he's, job. Yeah, that they he, like a yeah, job. They do. Right, like a little dog wearing a vest with jars of pickles in it, mm-hmm. which is a dog whisperer reference. Oh, is it? yeah, because dogs okay. need a job, and so he, so Caesar Milano always puts a little cape on them with pickles so they can carry something. Anyway, did you um, try that with your boyfriend? No, not yet. How do you know it doesn't work? I don't. Well, I, just have it I, want back about, yeah. I want to hear about that. Experience. So my concern is yeah. just that if I, if I'm like, if, if I, that if I don't show my gratitude or my happiness or my this or that, like somehow mm-hmm. I'm not programmed to feed that part of his ego, the part that is in these books. <laughs> okay. That because you don't express it. I do. Well, he, I do. I think I was just worried that I didn't though. Okay. But according to him, I do. But, um, yeah, I just worry that, like, I just feel like I'm not the right, ugh, now, okay, I, to- I feel like I'm not the right kind of woman. Like, I feel like the right kind of woman is the- For him or for the for world? the world. The right kind of woman. Oh, good Lord. I feel like I wasn't- We but should this just go is- get a drink. Yeah. <laughs> this is just making me sad because I feel the same way. Um, okay, yeah, like, the right kind of yep. woman I totally knows know what you're how about. to let a man take care of her. And that whole and knows how to make him feel good about himself. And I am just I don't know what I am. I'm funny and I'm honest, but I'm not any of I'm not any of those things. I was never the girl that got asked to the dance or the girl that that men liked. I was the friend, the funny friend, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. So I think I'm worried that there's some I'm somehow gonna gonna like he's gonna fall out of love with me because I wasn't like oh my god thank you for like whoever that girl was okay and he was saying to me that he can't even imagine like that's so crazy to him because he loves it that you're not that girl well he he just loves me like there's even there's nothing I could do but of course there is something but there are things but he was saying like there's nothing you could I could you could be mean to me and I would still be in love with you and then I started crying but how did we get on all of this though I asked you if you believe him when he tells you you're oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I was so even though he was saying that, like some part of me does, I hear it. But even that, like, I can't believe. I can't believe that anyone could really love me like that. But then he can't believe that anyone could really love him the way I do. So we're perfect in this way that we're broken together. Really? Did he grow up with the same kind of uh, self-esteem issues as you? Um, not, not physically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But do you think women have that more than men in general? Yes, I do too. I do. Yeah, I do. Like yeah. even like a com- let's let's say commercially unattractive because it could be you know there's different kinds of attractive. But even a guy that you might generally think like oh he's probably insecure about his looks. No, I know. Just not. Sometimes they should be almost. Yeah, and yeah. Or, like at best or like at worst, it's uh, it's that they accept it and they're like it's cool, whatever. Right. Right. Okay. Well, so what's what's your story then? My story with what? With what? With being fat? With my beverages? My gels? <laughs> my uh, well, I want <laughs> my self esteem. Yeah, on the and, ground. And no, with uh, with dating and and feel the kind of woman you feel like and all that stuff. I think I um, I think I got very good at and I you know I wasn't surprised that um that, that then I became an actor I can I, I got very good at being a chameleon and being whatever and that's not about being subservient and submissive but um adapting 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 to whatever it was and that could even be being contrary if I think somebody enjoys a challenge mm-hmm. or something um but not but it did not feel authentic and that was uh a lot of a, a lot of growing up and then when I was overweight I would rely on things like being being the funny girl and um and uh I even like had some guys I remember um and there was different times I'm not saying like I was this poor woe is me it was a very weird roller coaster with me growing up all through grade school there would be like weird popular years and then the rug gets pulled out from you the next year and you don't even know why mm-hmm. like did I did I buy weird pants this year like, I don't <laughs> even know I don't know what happened uh literally my sister uh shaved my legs for me did my makeup and dressed me in like a spree outfits one year and I was instantly popular and I was like what a great year and then <laughs> I just couldn't the upkeep was too hard yeah <laughs> like <laughs> fell apart and then wasn't popular another year and I remember um this one summer these uh these two guys that were really popular would come over and and hang, they were both dating really pretty cheerleaders and um but they would hang out with me and like just watch movies and laugh and talk to me about everything and thought I was just like awesome but never would hang out with me like in front of people and would never consider dating me and then they'd go see their girlfriends that night to like make out uh-huh. but but didn't talk to them at all did like, you have a crush on either of them totally i always had i always had crushes on yeah. like most of these guys but oh, me too. uh yeah yeah what and then well, i had how, crushes on year? like skater guys cuz then you could just sit around the edge of um you know, a big half pipe and just watch them and pretend yes. that you were somehow part of their lives, but I wasn't at all. Oh, yeah. Like, at all. <laughs> For me, it was always musicians. Musicians? Mm-hmm. Or even a, surfers. I was a skate, which... skate girl. Yeah. Mm. And this was in Virginia. Yeah. So surfers, too, but that competition to go down to the beach and sit with other girls in bikinis is oh, no yeah. bueno. So I went the skater route because you could wear big baggy stuff and get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But yeah. Look at who knows what kind of ass Avril Lavigne had in those pants, right? I mean, I feel like it was probably small, but I think that's a relatively good guess. Yeah, is that she's a zero zero? What? What what made you um, become a chameleon or become that adaptive or that uh, sort of tuned into the the energy around you? Um, that's hard. Uh, 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 Unstable household. Unstable household, unstable family what household. Was, what was what were your parents like? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, they uh, they they fought a lot. It was a pretty unhappy marriage, and um, and 
I think my mom just had her own stuff to work out and um, in that. And, and my dad was pretty severely depressed and an alcoholic. And so you kind of, you adapt fast. Yeah. You adapt fast. <laughs> um, so I can't believe I just said that on air. So that happened. Um, do you, do you not talk about that? Not so much. Not no, really. but that's okay. Okay. Sorry. No, no. Did I just ruin this show? Um, um, not <clears throat> at all. No, I love talking about like the serious stuff and the real stuff. But if I just didn't want you to be uncomfortable, if that's something that you don't like to talk about, I probably won't go much further down that. But uh, but yeah, you learn. Uh, but I do. I I I adored him. But you know, that's part of the adapt is meet them wherever they are. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what I thought was a skill of mine, and it is until you get older that you realize. Um, that can uh, that can become a detriment if you're if if that's if that's what you think your selling point is is adapt to whatever the needs are of mm-hmm. somebody else and stuff. But um, but yeah, I mean, I what what I try to do as an adult now in dating, which sometimes is hard, especially in and I'm not poo pooing L.A. It's just um, a land of such beautiful people. Um, and um, people with wealth, which, you know, on occasion I have or don't have or it's like all over the place. Um, and like you said, you know, I'm I'm this, I'm similar to you in that uh, I'm I'm more authentically just trying to be me and I'm not really fitting into any mold. And I feel like there's a bunch of rules that nobody told me yes. and um, I'm losing some game and nobody will like let me rid of the back of the box. <laughs> first yeah. like like I might be able to get it if somebody yeah, would tell me right. like but I don't exactly um, so then a couple of years ago I was just like well you know what if then then just be you and just be authentically you as as best you can and then that you know that it might be a smaller group of people that actually wants to date you but they're going to be people that actually authentically want to date you but that's Mm -hmm. a work in progress Uh, but I feel good about that I mean don't you like yeah if you spend the rest of your life just trying to be more authentically you and then someone comes to adore you as that that's going to be a huge reward the goal I feel like probably the bigger goal is if you actually get to the place where you adore you yes is that too cheesy no that's Um, that's well that's I mean my therapist actually just said that I was I was talking to her about the unconditional love thing, and she's like, because and I was like, I, I just can't, I don't, I don't really believe it, you know. And can um, you imagine having that for yourself? That's what she said. I mean, she's like, geez. because you can't, you can't imagine loving yourself right. in that way. Like you, you love yourself when you're this and you're this mm-hmm. and you're this and you're this. And what she didn't say, but what I was thinking, and this makes makes me sound so shallow, but I was thinking thin. Like that's then, like right. when the when the when the my weight is up, then I'm just like Unworthy. I hate myself. And yep. when it's low, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, you know. So or if you don't get a job, yeah, yeah, all of that. Yeah, I think you know what I think it is. I think that right now, my there's a lot of things in my life that are relatively stable, mm-hmm. so I can focus on the thing that goes up and down, which is the weight. Oh. Whereas if my if I didn't have a like a regular place to go to work every day, yeah. then it would be that. So I don't know. Um, how did you get into performing? Um, I was always, uh, obsessed with storytelling. That was a big part of, uh, my household comedic or dramatic or whatever. There was always like a retelling of the events that was, um, pretty masterful in my house, whether it was, uh, 
uh, you know, like overly dramatic or or for funny effect. My dad uh, was hysterical. My sister's funny. My mother's very funny. Um, is your, just so I know, is your sister older or younger? She's older, um, and um, she's a substitute teacher for um, kids. It's uh, it's pre K and K for kids that are kind of on the border where they it has to be decided if they're going to need special help mm-hmm. or they're just or they just need extra learning. Her patience is insane, and sometimes when she's crazy impatient everywhere else, I just look at her and I think like she spent it. Like she's right. she spent her whole cachet eight hours today, and like and now she's done and can't even deal with me pouring my water weird or something, you know. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, and she's so uh, she's pretty amazing. Wow. She's pretty amazing. But she's very funny. And my dad was hysterical with a crazy biting wit, lightning fast wit as well. And um, and what did your dad – I know your dad was an artist, right? But also- he was an artist, but that was not what he did for a living. What he did for a living was um, naval intelligence. He was um, – he was in. He was a field agent undercover for many, many years, and then ended up being a supervisor of other agents, mostly for catching um, turncoats, as they're called, like our own FBI and CIA right. people that have turned. That's so cool. And then, what did your mom do? My mom was a stay-at-home mom and an Avon lady for years and years and years, and then, um, and then she was a secretary and a paralegal and a quality control person for the government um, later after she left my dad. Now she's retired. What a, what a quality control people for the government do? It um it was more for uh, training for uh, service members, like uh, maintaining the quality of their um their instruction and their uh, classes. It was a variety of things. I don't mm-hmm. want to like misspeak mm-hmm. for her, but um always working for the government as well. And did but civilian. as a kid, did you know what your dad did? Um, early on, no. Um, and he definitely like, you know, took trips and wasn't always just going to an office and you didn't always know what was going on. Um, later, uh, he would sometimes talk to us about stuff after the fact, like, um, the Walker spy family in the eighties and stuff. He would give us Newsweek articles about the cases after they were all closed. So I knew he worked for the government and I knew that he was in intelligence, but that could be at a desk just collecting information, or it could be in the field. It could be anything. Um, it was only after he died that I started to learn of some of the more covert stuff. Um, I had an aunt once that, very tipsy, was like, did you ever see this? And showed me a picture of my dad dressed up as a woman in Russia before the Iron Curtain fell undercover. Oh, wow. And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. It was very disturbing. Um, and... Uh, I know he was in the Tet Offensive um, in Vietnam, and he never talked about that. But uh, very, very interesting guy. But wow, could he uh, tell a story? And so that was part of that. And then when the household was unstable, my escape was definitely um, TV and film. And I don't apologize for that. People say it like it's a negative thing. They were raised by the TV. Like, I loved it. I think it went perfectly fine. <laughs> like, um, But I was... I knew that there had to be a way that was not just about uh, some people have it and some people don't into being a better storyteller and somebody that you can um, go on a ride with, go on a journey with from A to B. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, ha- I was trying to get my head around that and was just sort of a storyteller all the time to my friends, my family, to anybody that would listen, made up stories, real stories, whatever. And then when I got to college, took my first acting class and once I was given this idea of a framework of like a craft and things that you can actually study. Um, 
then I was in love because I'm also very, very nerdy about studying. <laughs> Where'd uh, you go to school? I, um, I got a BA um, and uh, just back on the East Coast. <laughs> it's not that, no like fancy school or anything, but um, I got a BA actually in painting and theater. So that was my backup career. My parents were really feeling secure about that. <laughs> like, why don't you do poetry while you're at it and rock star? Um, but yeah, I, I went uh, for oil painting and um, and then ended up wanting to do theater mm-hmm. and acting. <laughs> okay, so when TV and film were your escape, what were the shows that you were into? Or I used were there to watch. Yeah, there was uh, definitely like obviously there was some escapism issues as a kid. I wanted to be anywhere but where I was, and I don't mean to make it sound... People had it way worse, and I get that, but I definitely did not want to be where I was. Oh, I wanted to go to Eastland, Facts of Life. Oh, really? I really wanted to go to I was way into Facts of Life, but my bigger thing was watching repeats of... any shows that involved like magic, I Dream a Genie, uh-huh. uh, Fantasy Island, um, Bewitched. I wanted to be Elizabeth Montgomery so bad. I thought <laughs> like my head was going to explode. <laughs> um, and, uh, I kept. I practiced trying to make my nose move oh, right. independently. Can, can, could you ever get it down? Uh, never could. And then finally, like read something that said that it was that version of what was that the seventies of CGI. Oh wow! Yeah, it was. Um, it was, it was, she wasn't really doing right. it. And I was extremely upset about that. It was trick photography. <laughs> I felt tricked. Yeah. But yeah, I was just obsessed with it. I remember going to career day, whatever you might think of that is for fourth graders <laughs> when you're nine. But we had like a career day and you, they had different like people in different specialties that you could go sit down. And the first person I talked to, I was pretty rude, like didn't want to hear anything they had to say. And they said, do you have an interest in, I think she was a nurse. You know, helping people, which I could give a crap about. So <laughs> she's like, do you uh, – um, she's like, okay, well, clearly you're not interested in this. I mean, do you have an idea of what you wanted to do? And I said, yes and no. I mean, there's things that I want to do, but in general it doesn't really matter because career-wise – I'm just going to go to Fantasy Island and I plan on – and I was like – and I figured it out that when they give you one wish, my wish is going to be that I want three wishes. And then every time I get to the third <laughs> one, I'm going to ask for th- – I'm going to be that – my fantasy is that I had three more fantasies. And um, I, uh, I, was, I was sent back to homeroom and, <laughs> and I think they called my parents because I got home and they were like – They should be like, they were like, be a lawyer. They were like, let's talk about reality. Let's, um, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, totally lived in, lived in my head. Nobody, nobody that knew me growing up is surprised that I'm an actor mm-hmm. at all. Lived in my head all the time. Uh, just constantly just wanted to make up stories and stuff. And my friend's sister would write horrible scripts that we had to act out all the time um, that always opened with a dance to a Duran Duran song. I do remember <laughs> that. <laughs> was your focus initially stage more than TV and film? That was what was more available. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Certainly the uh, more technical training. I mean, I know there are great technical craft-based classes out here in many metropolitan cities um, that deal with on-camera training. But where I grew up in Virginia and then Washington, D.C., the bulk at that time – it could be different now. I don't know. That bulk at that time was uh, was theater training. And um, and certainly those were the classes at my college, um, and I fell in love with it, and I and I still love to do live theater. I don't like one more than the other. It's um, different mediums fit different stories. Whichever one fits the story the best um, is is definitely what I like. And also when I was when I got out of college, I would have loved to get a master's degree, but I was afraid of getting that kind of debt, getting that mm-hmm. kind of debt, and I couldn't. Uh, 
afford it. And I was getting cast right away and, um, but just still felt less than like, I'm, if I don't have a master's degree, no one's going to take me seriously. And, uh, I had teachers that were supportive at that time, but said, you know, if you're getting, if you're getting cast, that's a class that you could never take. So use that while you can. So what I would do is I would, uh, in Washington DC, which I still think is some of the best theater in the United States, particularly Woolly Mammoth Theater and Arena Stage, where I mostly worked. And um, I used to go to Woolly Mammoth Theater long before they would let me audition there, and I had no business auditioning there yet. Um, they're just some of the best actors in the country. And I would go there and, and volunteer usher, which you can't do here. And you can't do it in New York either, which is too bad. You can mm-hmm. be a volunteer usher and watch the show as many times as you want to. And so that's what I would do as a class. I would watch these people do the show over and over and over, and then I would save up my money like $30 or $50 or whatever I had. And I would ask members of the cast afterwards. Um, I remember asking Holly Twyford, and I, and I hope she does hear this because she's brilliant. Um, but uh, I would stay after and she's she like, a regular listener. She's amazing. And um, I, I was like, I have $30. And um, w- would you like talk to me about acting for like 20 minutes? Is that like 35 minutes? And then the next time I'd have like $50, I was like, would you actually go over a scene with me for this? And I eventually became friends with her. But every single person I ever asked, Jane Beard, amazing actress, like every time I asked anybody, they'd they'd say yes. And they'd give me their time. And I just kind of kept trying to cobble together my own master's program. So so that's how all the training came from theater. And then, and then later I did do, you know, little indie films. And when Homicide Life on the Streets came to Baltimore and The Wire, everybody would go try to audition for that and stuff. Um, and then I went to New York and did theater for about two and a half years and was auditioning for pilots on videotape um, and ended up being – I was called in to, to uh, test, which is kind of the final stage of auditioning before you get a show – for the ABC sitcom called I'm With Her about seven or eight years ago. And so they um, they flew me out. And everyone was like, "You have no ch- they have names that they want, and there's people they already want, and you're, you're nobody. So it was almost like I was being called in as a, as a ringer, but I... Who was saying this to you? People were trying to help me be realistic, and okay. they do let you know when there's names involved and right. there's I mean, already people like they your, really want. Like your agent or manager? My agent. Those, okay, um, yeah, and they were letting her know, you know, this... We, you know, this is kind of just how mm-hmm. how the game is because I'd never tested for anything. And um, but for the test, they fly you out to <laughs> to uh, test at ABC, and I was at uh, and they put you up at the um, the Sheridan over at Universal. And uh, at the time, I was uh, I ha- I was cleaning bathrooms at a construction. <laughs> place at a construction site and she's like they'll fl- and I remember the Sopranos was on and I could and I didn't have cable and I desperately wanted to watch it and so that's all I I loved the part and I was like okay yeah no fine I, I you know I get it I can't get the job but um but I'll get in front of like LA casting people that'd be exciting and I said and do they put me up in a hotel room and she said yeah and I said do they have cable <laughs> do they have like do they have HBO and she said yes and I was like awesome and I was fine and <laughs> I think because I was told that I didn't have a chance really to get the job is why I just had I had a blast and um, and ended up getting that part. And that's how mm-hmm. I moved out here and started doing TV. Nice. How long were you on that show? That was uh, 24 episodes a year at the time. That was a year. Now it's like, what is it? Six? Six, six, six season episodes. Season. Like three yeah. and a half plus a commercial. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we did 24 episodes. That was with um, 
Terry it was Chris Henchy's show loosely based on Brooke Shields' real life about a star dating a regular guy and Terry Polo played the star and I was her naysaying little sister. <laughs> and then then what what did you do after that? Um lots of different uh pilots some were on for a couple of uh shows some were um some didn't make it on but uh <sighs> wouldn't trade any of the shows I've gotten to do just like really I did head cases was on for a while um and trust me was one that was on for a while um wait I'm, what was trust me trust me was uh Eric McCormick and um um I can't believe I just forgot his name that used to play Ed he's so good um Michael Ian Black no no no, no. no. um the bowling um Gary will find it. He's on oh! it. Um, I can't believe I just blanked on his name. He's really, really good. Eric McCormick, Tom Cavanaugh. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Monica Potter was in that. She's great. Uh, Sarah Clark, Mike Demas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I'm not even listed, right? I was like a recurring guesser. But uh, yeah, just a bunch of pilots and stuff and mm-hmm. uh, some smaller like indie projects and everything. And How good. soon did you get Whitney after moving out here? Well, I moved out here with the ABC show. I'm with her. Um, man, I guess it's been like eight years now. Um, mm-hmm. And Whitney, two years ago. So, but I've I've been lucky enough that I've been working on other stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's always been good. It's Where, been very good. Do you feel like a, a an Angelino yet? No. No. Did you? You're from Orange County. I'm so. from here. Um, I went to college in Claremont. Or no, I'm from Orange County, which is which is not really here. Um, and then I went to college in Claremont, and then I went back to Orange County, and then I lived in New York for eight years. Oh, okay. And then I came at, back. I love New York. Where were you there? Um, where did I live? Yeah, yeah. I was in Manhattan for the first six years, in Brooklyn for the last two. I, I was in Brooklyn. Yeah. Where Williamsburg, w- and then Green Williamsburg, and then we got priced out, and I moved to Greenpoint, and then okay. we were getting priced out, and I was on my way to Flatbush and Red Hook when I got the show. <laughs> I was in Carroll Gardens. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that was nice. And in. Uh, in Manhattan, I was let's see, first eight I, years. Yeah, I was subletting a place first uh, in Chelsea. Okay, and then I was in Murray Hill area. Okay, which um, for people who don't know, it gets a bad. Like I remember reading an article soon after I moved there where it said, "Welcome to Murray Hell." Really? Yeah, because it's a it lot of fun. it's kind of a lot of finance people straight out of college living mm. uh, continuing their dorm lifestyle, which is not that wasn't my, my sister, I lived with her mm-hmm. in that apartment. We that was not at all how we were like obviously. Actually, we used to call it um testosterone after dark. That was what the oh, neighborhood really? felt like. Yeah, it was It's all men? Um it's like guys who are hanging out at a nightclub wanting to wearing too much cologne. And um, talking to secretaries. Really? It's, it seems, I didn't makes know it sound that. terrible, actually. That I was on 39th bad. and 1st. Yeah. Makes it sound bad, but it was a nice apartment. It wasn't that expensive. It was close to the places that I went. Yeah, yeah. Um, not to hang out, but like, I mean, clo- well, I was going to say it's close to the grocery store and the gym, but everywhere is close to a grocery store right. and the gym. <laughs> but, like it was close to a bodega. Right. Like, that's <laughs> everywhere. The, the sidewalk was right there, right, right by the street. Um, yeah. And then we moved to Bleecker and Thompson. So right wow, by NYU. Wow. Fun. Yeah. It, you know, fun. everyone, I felt like I never loved it as much as I was supposed to because it's supposed to be such a fun area. But I was yeah. like. Well, now when I went just... to Westwood here for the first time, it reminded me of yes. that area. Yeah, because it's very college, and you do feel like there's some fun that you should be a part of, right? But you're not quite sure where but it because is. Because of 
but because of you and I's self-esteem issues yes. and not ever thinking that we right. actually fit in. Yeah, I always thought like I accidentally got invited to a party that I wasn't doing that well at. Yes. See, that's <laughs> why Brooklyn suited me, I think. And I think everyone who moves to Brooklyn, this is how they feel. It's like, it's like well, because the, the real party is happening somewhere else and you're at this like other kind of yeah. house quieter and you get to pretend party. that you picked it that way it's yes. like this is the cooler party this is where i wanted to be i didn't even want to be invited right. over there that's right. um and then brooklyn got so crazy cool mm-hmm. that i mean there was people like just killing it crushing it with handmade outfits at seven in the morning <laughs> getting coffee and i'm yeah, just like i can't i can't pull this together yeah i'm definitely not cool enough to be here did you ever have a super gonna say did you ever have a super trendy look which almost makes it sound like i'm that almost sounds like an insult which it's not at all it's i just sure mean an insult did you know did I'm you be ever upset about that later. okay how I was it ever like dressed well again with the chameleon thing right and it sounds like you had a little bit of that too like the whole uh, trying to play a game that you think you don't have the rules i mean didn't Definitely. that affect your physical appearance too i i tried yeah. i tried on a lot of things and i actually could do them well mm-hmm. um i can you might not guess this, but like uh, play a role and put on a costume and I can figure <laughs> I it. Believe I believe it. I can break things down and figure out what makes that walk of life and was thrilled when I found out like, oh, I can make a job out of that instead of continuing to pummel the my psychology and self-identity. <laughs> um, but uh, I wouldn't say that I ever set trends. I'm very good. I'm very good at mix, mixing high and low. So that I think that was the only time that I really, people really complimented me mm-hmm. on my clothes. When I got out here, people, maybe because I don't, um, I don't succeed very well at the L.A. trends that I've seen. Often it's just because I don't have the money for them. But, but other times uh, I'm also like too too nervous about my body. So like a mini skirt with Uggs is not, that's not going to happen. Um, so, you know, so I'll wear like men's, pants and uh and white beater tank tops and oxfords and so i didn't really think that was my thing but people did compliment me on that i don't know if it's trendy though well i meant but but fuck my question i meant like were you ever like emo or goth or punk or you said you were skater you were kind of a skater oh i tried if anyone that was disastrous but i did i did i did i did give it a shot um but i was also chunky then so i was just into anything that involved large clothes wait like i, ha- I would have gone hip-hop if i could have thought i could have pulled that <laughs> off but like anything that was like big pants yes um <laughs> okay, are I- big pants involved with this <laughs> right. then yes okay i have a clothing body question here yeah. it is on Whitney, yeah. obviously, well, actually on everything that you do, someone is dressing you. Right. Right? Does that ever give you issues? Or do, is that comforting? Um, it's weird. If the conversation sticks to character-based stuff, um, even if that means – and it's it's – it's dumb. It's like a little head game I have to play with myself. Even if the conversation, like with Roxanne, that she – she's definitely a character that ha- – has much more self-confidence than I do. And that includes with uh, her looks and body-conscious clothing and stuff. And um, if I keep my head in that place, I can discuss it. Or somebody that uh, um, wants to be attractive and and put some effort into that. Not that I, I told you. I put effort I put effort into it. But if I can keep it character-based, I can, I can deal with it. If somebody 
if the costume designer asks me, like, that looks amazing. Don't you think you look amazing? Like, I just crumble. I fall apart. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, who did the crossword puzzle? Like, I immediately default to, like, name something intellectual that I'm good at because mm-hmm. I'm freaked out. So you know how to play confidence and play all different kinds of women. But I you try. feel like you, like, your actual self, you're just... Yeah, which sounds not, like, oh, I think I'm Daniel Day-Lewis or something. It's like, no, it's not It's not that methody. It's not that I don't think I'm in it, but I can draw on the, like, what if? Like, what if you did, what if you did think you were doing pretty okay today? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're, or what if you did think you were just crushing it? And, like, men sh- men should want you. And anybody that doesn't get your awesome appearance and personality, they are the ones with some serious issues. Right. I can if get I, my head around that. If I were to do that, I think I would be the same, but maybe I'd stand up a tiny bit taller. Like, that's the thing. Really? I, I've I've told this story before, but I had an audition where the guy's like, that's good. Now, can you do it a little more sexy? And I just they, oh. did the same thing. And then he's like, okay, you just lowered your voice. Could I'm like, I don't My voice don't doesn't get any lower, so I don't have that option. To, I don't know. I mean, this was a hosting thing, so it's What a terrible direction anyway. But I don't like, know how sexy. to. I don't. I literally. It's like someone said, do it more magenta. Yeah. And. Yeah, I've been told. Like, like, I literally more, don't more even feminine, know what that means. More but, sexy. But, but you can match that? that up though, right? No, I have got to change that language into. Um, into an objective that you can you can play. You can't play equality. Right. Sexy means a gazillion different things. If that dude that told you that is actually like like secretly thinks women with high pitched airy voices is sexy, you'll be there all day trying mm-hmm. to figure out because you're thinking like oh like Kathleen Turner or be should I be more sultry or whatever. It's it's ridiculous and that's because you can't you you can't play equality. If he had said you know she. She has confidence in everything she says or she states things like they're facts and never questions herself. Like, these are things you could play. But, right. you know, they rarely do that. So, yes, if someone just tells me, like, and you do get that kind of shorthand sometimes. Um, more feminine is another one. It's like, I have no idea what you're thinking mm-hmm. when you say that. Um, even being told to, um, I think she's more in love with him. Like, you'll be told that. Some, even that is... That looks different to some people. Right. Um, for some people, that for me, that would probably mean shut down, look at my shoe stand in the corner. But I'm pretty sure you don't want me to play <laughs> right. that. So do you want me to hang up the phone 80 times yeah, exactly. and stare at my text? Because that, that's me in love. Um, yeah. So I, that's terrible that they tell. And I wonder, like, do they tell men that? Not oh, to be, I'm sure not. Not to be on a gender soapbox. But, like, seriously, can you imagine a man right. being told, like, just a little more sexy? Do you yeah. have, like, more sex appeal? They would just take their shirt off, I guess. I don't know what they would do. Well, that's what I always wonder is, like, how much What is... if you did that that day? What if you just, just like, my... so nude? You mean nude, right? <laughs> They'd be like, that's not what we meant, but we can do something with that. But awesome. That's kind of it. Ultimately, uh, came down to, for me, okay, this notion of sexiness. Is it just about clothing? I don't think it is, but I think that is a way to telegraph quote-unquote sexiness, you know? I feel like that's yes. what people are often saying. Yes. Obviously, in, in an audition, you can't change what you're wearing, but... I don't know. I do it all the time. I bring like a whole suitcase. Really? No. I played this one. It was a pilot um, that Kevin Falls wrote that I and Mark Waters directed that I loved. Had such a blast. It did not get picked up, but it was called Eva Adams. And um, I was playing a man trapped inside a woman's body. And it was actually Will Arnett trapped inside my body. Oh, wow. And um, it was such an interesting experience after doing lots of network shows out here and like I said, I'm so lucky. I have nothing bad to say, but I've mostly been given like 
character parts that even if they're on the outside look more traditional they're very three-dimensional texturized people that have their flaws and all of that but um in this particular instance like really any kind of because i get i'm not faulting the networks i understand like the television format and we're not we're not doing cable and so there's a there's a different kind of appearance to most of those people like i said if you're sick in bed you're not literally gonna (laughs) you know have acne and no makeup on Mm. and lying there but um because acne means sick i don't know why i said that it means it's because i have acne but anyway um uh with eva adams the story which was written amazing and it was adapted from an argentinian show but um She's trying to figure out how to pass as a woman because she doesn't want to lose her job. Um, and and uh, there was all these like just really well-written nuances where she's asking this girlfriend, um, like, how, how do – how do I be a woman? And she and the dude that is inside her was an egotist, narcissist, <laughs> and all into his looks and everything else, and um, and definitely like sexist against women. So he he inside of she <laughs> is trying to get his head around. I want to be I want to be aces as a woman too. Like I want to you know like show this crap Dominated, off. Like yeah. what do you guys what do you guys do? And so his idea of how to be a sexy woman that's like authoritative in the office is all wrong. It's about like wearing a shirt too low. And the <laughs> other woman is telling him like no, like the women will hate you. And he's like, but the men will dig it. And she's like, that's not the point. It would be wrong. But it grew into these other gray areas that I found really interesting. Where there were times when my character was really supposed to be trying to be sexy um but could not figure out like what 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 is that do you have to change your walk he asked at one time do i have to raise the register of my voice and my voice was actually my natural voice which mm-hmm. is a little on the lower side and there was all these like interesting questions like you said it's like what is what is the notion of sexy and what yeah. is it to be uh, a woman he was like, am I supposed to change what kind of underwear I'm wearing? Um, do I have to not wear pants anymore? And she's like, no, that's ridiculous. And he's like, but should I be wearing skirts sometimes? And it was, it was, it was very cool. That was um, a part that I adored, adored. <laughs> and that was a pilot? Yeah. That didn't? It did not get picked up. No. Um, man, the people were it was so, so good. And, and uh, yeah, Mark yeah. Waters is a great director. Kevin Falls is a great writer. I think they oh. should dust that one off and bring it back. Right? That's what I said. Um, I get acne too still. You do? I use yeah. Proactive. Okay. And they don't give it to me for free. So I hope they're listening and start sending me, sending me some crap. They should. Yeah. They have a lot of celebrity people. You don't people. look like you have acne. Um, well, thank you, but I do get acne. Yeah. And I get it if I don't use Proactive. I do. I, uh, do you moisturize? <laughs> do I moisturize? <laughs> such gal talk. Uh, do you moisturize? Because I don't. Because my whole thing is because I have tend to break out, I just try to keep everything as dry as possible. But that's also bad because I've drying it out makes your body think it needs to overproduce oil. So when I get my – because I'll use Retin-A cream sometimes um, if it's really bad. And if I go past that tipping point where the skin starts flaking and it gets like mm. crazy dry – how sexy is this right now? Let's talk about it. Well, sometimes I talk about my period, though. And we've really? been talking about poo a lot lately. So people I want to talk about used- those things. Okay. I love to talk about poo and periods. And I'm not kidding. But um, if mine gets crazy dry, then I get, like, I'll get a breakout there. And uh, my dermatologist yeah. said it's because your body thinks it needs to like produce more oil. So it's a, it's a balance. So I act. moisturize and I, I will wash the makeup off my face. But if I go a whole day without makeup sometimes like i won't wash it at night at all i'll just let just let my oil run free wow. and i don't get a breakout from that 
Well, there you go. Yeah, see, maybe maybe I'm over-drying. I don't know. But, like, today I'm using a different um, foundation, and sometimes when I just use a new product, then I'll get a couple breakouts. So oh, I'm, yeah, I have very sensitive skin. Yeah. If I change anything, like, everything goes haywire. Um, it's like my... It's like my skin is like autistic and it likes this routine and it starts to like flip out if you change a certain thing. <laughs> um, that's do, not making fun of autism. That's like, I mean, like the routine thing that yeah. comforts I people. I do have a poo related question, which is you oh. said you were cleaning construction site bathrooms. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, is yeah, that yeah. as, was that as disgusting as it sounds like it would be? It was. Um, the environment was better than, um, it makes a better story if I make it like, you know, like I was some Cinderella slaving away. But uh, it was, I was dating um, a painter and uh, this phenomenal painter, um, Mike Houston, definitely go by all of his work. He's a great guy with great pieces, but uh, and happily married now. So I'm not like trying to get him. Um, but uh, he, he and many other painters work construction and a lot of them do in Brooklyn. And so they were at um, their main, like, building house before they would go out to sites um i needed a job and i was thought i was coming there to like be an assistant of some sort <laughs> but i mostly was and there was some and there was some phone answering and i rearranged some files but for the most part i was i was i was cleaning the bathrooms um and with some industrial grade stuff that i hated uh yeah. that sounds gross it was, so it was a little gross it was a little gross because it was no matter how you look at it, it was a giant warehouse of men and this was their their bathroom. I don't even like cleaning my own bathroom, but Neither the idea of cleaning someone else's. Mm-mm. I didn't dig it. No. I and I still, it. I've talked about, I've mentioned this before, the challenge of trying to find a cleaning person because people don't, they, they're weird. Are you protective. embarrassed to even say that? Yes. Because I, I am when I say it. But, well, but I don't. Mortified. Yeah. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. And I'm, uh, well, this, this, I think I even said this makes me feel like I'm not like a, an adult or a woman. The fact that I can't even. I don't even know how to get one, but I also haven't put in much effort. It's just that people seem to be very protective of their cleaning people, and they won't really. They're like, "Well, you I can don't have know, my cleaning lady. Okay, <laughs> you can have my cleaning lady. She's awesome. Um, her and her brother do it, and they're great. And I okay. beat myself up about it, and I beat myself up about it. And she comes once every two weeks, and I have just the small two bedroom apartment, and she um. And it's and it's only seventy dollars, and I, I beat myself up about it, and beat myself up about it, and. Like, even if I was working, um, like, she just came the other week, and I'm doing, I do a recurring, I used to do a recurring role on Franklin and Bash on TNT, mm-hmm. and I'm back on it now doing two episodes, and uh, th- that's a one hour out in Santa Clarita, and it's like, I'm going to bed at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm getting up at 3.30 in the morning to get there by 5, and then and then you get home, at, and then you have to go to bed, like, by 8, 15 tops like a right. grandma i couldn't i could not keep up i could not keep up with my house until it was out of control and i felt so horrible about it and then i thought you know what some people would spend 70 dollars on a, a massage if they're working and doing well and they got really stressed out some people would buy really expensive purses or shoes or whatever so does it have like to be that money, bad if no, you spend 70 dollars like because you literally well, can't get to it it's i feel like it's money well spent because when yeah. i think about the amount of time it would take me to do uh, to clean our place as well as if I just gave someone the money, I would so much rather have that time to like do work For or whatever sure. and just give someone the money. And plus, maybe I only hang out with assholes now, but I feel like everyone I know has a cleaning person. Maybe because in my head it's like, oh, la di da, fancy right, right, right. you can't lift, can't can't break a nail or lift a finger. But I don't think the world sees it that way anymore. Really, I don't I think they not. do. I felt like 
I feel like I grew up the with the know. message yeah. of yeah. I'm gonna get the worst tweets after. I'm, I'm second guessing everything I've said for the last. No, no, minutes. my listeners are very nice. Are they? Yeah. Okay. They are. Is that, only... Are you giving them a mandate right now? Yes, <laughs> but it's true like, they are. Curb the meanness to me. I want but them to okay. be nice. It's no, okay. but they. It's okay. Yeah. If people need to be, if people need to hate me, don't it's you okay. think my listeners, for the most part, are very nice? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, they're really good people. They're mm-hmm. not gonna. They're not gonna mess with you. That's right. We love you guys. I love you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy um, and feminine. Oh wait, I love you guys. <laughs> I feel like I grew up the message that if you can't clean up after your, could you guys curse on the show? Yeah, that a lot. If you can't clean up literally clean up your own shit and that means mm-hmm. clean your toilet clean yourself wash your own clothes your dishes and clean your house like you've completely lost perspective yeah you've lost touch with all reality who the who the fuck do you think you are but now my mom has a cleaning lady and she's i think one of the people that would have stood by that my sister would absolutely have one um if that was possible for her so i don't know maybe people have changed their minds i don't think i know anybody without well yes i do that's crap i do know people without cleaning ladies in la in la i don't right see that's the thing yeah i mean and, I'm not, sure I and know they're people. not even all rich it's just kind of like no it's see that's the thing the people we're not I talking know about them, rich people no we're not we're uh-uh. just people and nannies too yeah. i don't i know very few people with kids that don't have nannies and i'm not talking about rich people either i'm talking because really? two people have to have jobs yeah both people have to have jobs and they c- literally can't clean their house and get their kid at three o'clock right so it's i think it's not a byproduct of being um affluent anymore no I think that's you're right yes that is you're right it's, it's a byproduct like a of being busy yep yeah there yeah, you yeah, go yeah. okay we've solved that one okay good um i think we have time for a quick just mirror everyone sometimes i ponder on something i have thought Am I doing done you're doing great is it just me or everyone all right hippie campy it with what no is vowels, this what happens says, what happens we're looking at the screen. Says, oh, yeah. when I open a new loaf of bread, I always take the first slice out of the middle. Just mirror everyone. Um, I don't first, do that. First of all, it says out if the middle. So I'd like you to address just that. Oh, out <laughs> if the middle. Well, I think you mean of. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, and no, I don't do that, but I don't pull. I mean, the end slice is that all crust slice. So I'll pull it like from a few slices in. You? What do you do with loaf I, of bread? Um, the end pieces, I save and pretend it's a hamburger bun and eat a veggie burger oh, when the smart. loaf is done. Okay. Like I make a veggie burger on that day. Um, I do pull like two slices in, but not but not middle. Because no, middle, you'd have to like so you'd have to really, screw up yeah. the whole loaf. Not, no way, right, no way. Right. Gary? Bread? Yeah, no. Just the second or third one in. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, but you will go third sometimes. Which, uh, if I'm out it the depends. second and third, if I'm making a sandwich. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It depends on how much the end is squished if I'm going second or third. I'm yeah. looking for the first piece that feels like it is as, it is its proper perimeter and and uh, size. Right. I I don't keep bread in my apartment, though. What? Why? Because bread is You keep is it in an outhouse? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, bread is the kind of thing being that... Oh, you just don't keep bread. Out. Yeah. I thought, like, why is she specifying in her no, house? No, no, I'm car? saying... No, I'm saying bread doesn't come into my... Well, I mean, actually... You do, like, no carbs? Do no, you? it's not no carbs. It's just that bread is something that I'd be like, oh, I'll just... Like, I, I like bread too much. Like, okay, if I... Um, I eat bread every day. Without fail. Bread is probably... Dinner rolls at a restaurant... Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason I love going out to eat. It's not really what I order. It's like the, the fact that they serve you bread it's and bread. butter with it. That's my Basket favorite thing. Yeah. So therefore, I can't have that around, or else I'll just uh, it wouldn't be good. And actually, strangely, Daniel is not a big sandwich maker. 
Um, or if he is, he hasn't shown that side of himself to me. Okay. Jen W76. I park next. Oh, that's just me or everyone, though. Is there anyone else out there who also doesn't buy bread? Okay. Jen W76. I park next to someone that's parked like an asshole then wor- or a-hole. Then worry they'll leave before me and I'll look like the a-hole. Um, I know what you're saying. You're talking about when they park too far over and then you have to yeah, park too far over. Yeah, or they're crooked and you have right. to match it. Yes, I have. I don't feel like I've lost sleep over that, but I totally relate to that. Mm, I have pulled in. Okay. Well, it's not entirely my fault. I'm sure you've talked about this before. The Trader Joe's parking lots, all Trader Joe's parking lots. Clearly, there's no, there's no concern with making parking spaces that are the actual width of cars. And so ev- they're eventually like one over, one over, one over, like everybody is getting scooched until right. you're completely out one space. And so there was somebody who purposely took up like one and a quarter spaces and pulled in cockeyed. And I had to park and repark and repark and repark to, to squeeze myself in there on purpose. And I knew it would make his driver's side not be able to open all the way and he'd Mm -hmm. probably have to get into the passenger side and it was extremely passive aggressive of me and I did that on purpose and he left me a note. What did it say? It said, fuck you, you fucking asshole. Really? And I wow. and I know he thinks he got the last word, but in, to me, I started laughing because I was like, that's that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted to know that I made him mad. Yeah. And I had no way of knowing while shopping. So I was so excited. Well, congratulations. Thanks, man. I feel good about that. <laughs> Brett Myers, I'm irked when I start the day without a fully charged phone, like it'll die any moment at any time. Just me. Probably just me. I have a very very high tolerance for having barely any charge on my cell phone. Maybe that's just me. Mine dies constantly mm-hmm. and it pisses me off. So starting it without it, I charge it all night and it's still, I think it's my phone and I have the Mophie, the, third, the second battery thing. And they mm-hmm. both like, if I look up directions and check my email, we're down, we're down, we're done. And like within an hour, it's annoying as crap. Everyone says annoying. like, I think it's your phone. You have to get a new phone. I didn't know that phones, batteries die for good. Like eventually. I didn't know that either. Gary See, he's, knows. Yeah, he's yeah. tech savvy. I, did, I didn't know that. Like I thought, like, well, I'm charging it again, so now the battery is new. And they're like, no, eventually it can't take a full charge and is just dead. Right. And I said, so w- you get a new phone battery? And they're like, no. The new iPhone phone. makes it so you have to buy a new phone. Yeah. Wait, Same is bird? true of that Mophie thing. The I, Mophie, th- I yeah. I have that too. And after like six months, seven months. It just starts to lose capacity. It says it charges full, but it charges like 40% of what it was when you bought it. So I just have to get a brand new Mophie too? Well, when you get a new phone, you're going to have to get a new Mophie because the thing's different on the bottom. Is it true that the Mophie is burning out the regular phone's battery more no. so than it would if I didn't use a Mophie? Because that sounds Maybe like Maybe a little bit if you're turning the Mophie on every single day. Because the way that the phone battery works is it can take like 700... Tr- It'll it's take okay. like 700 charges. A representative from Mophie just piped in. Yeah. <laughs> It'll take like six or 700 charges before it starts to degrade. So it's like okay. the number of times you charge it will impact how oh. much battery it can retain. So if okay. you're using the Mophie every day and turning it on so it'll recharge your phone, yeah. then that's like you're charging your phone three times a day because you're charging it at night and mm-hmm. the middle of the day. So I just have to buy a new phone. That's what's happening. Uh, Pretty much. Okay. Martin Sampsonite, when the lights in a room flicker, I blink. And I'm like, did the lights just flicker or did I just blink? Yes, I'm always saying, did the lights just flicker or am I having a stroke? Really? Okay, that's definitely just you and Martin. Really? Gary? No way. If the lights flicker, I'm like, the lights flickered. Do you ever wonder if the lights flicker if... No? No, not really. All right, just Martin and I me. do sometimes wonder... Um, 
like random things like did anyone else see that and they're like normal things but for a second I will think yeah but are you sure like somebody walking into a crosswalk and I'll slow down and I'll think am I positive they're really there Mm -hmm. but I err on the safe side because it's a pedestrian in front of my car yeah uh I was driving in downtown LA the other day and Wow, pedestrians just don't give a fuck down there. No. It's uh, driving around there At is awful. All. It's like driving in New York actually, yes. which I never wanted to do. Yep. And I never did. They'll cross anywhere. Yeah. And it's, dart. Oh, it's awful. They dart right into the road. Mhm. Felt very uncomfortable. I felt like um I felt like I was driving through a swarm of locusts. Wow. Which I've never done, but it really? was like a plague of people. Okay. Um DPNO10. When watching a movie, I will change channel or skip to next disc chapter if I know a dog will be killed in the next scene. I wouldn't even watch would a movie. You... I wouldn't even and start it. And how many it. movies are like that? And how do you find out ahead of time? Yeah, I mean, clearly talking, you did see it. Are we talking Old Yeller? Or actually on Sopranos, I accidentally watched that episode. I am an obsessed closet fan of Hoarders and Hoarding Buried Alive, and yes, those are two separate shows. <laughs> um, I watch marathons of them instead of cleaning my house all the time. And as soon as like the opening credits let you know that like flattened cats are going to be involved, I'll usually skip that one. I can't yeah. do the animal ones. No, I can't I either. Can't. You can just pile up the depends behind your like recliner and do the like sludge in the hallway and all of that, and that's fine. But the like, oh, I didn't know what happened to that cat. No, I can't do that one. No, me neither. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, okay. Ray, is there, huh? let's see, what else? Uh, is there anything that you sh- want to tell the listeners about where they can go to find you or what your next project is, what you're doing now, et cetera? Um, sure. Thanks. I'm waiting for uh, Whitney's season three pickup. Fingers crossed, everyone. Fingers crossed. NBC will uh, let us know mid-May. Gary and I just crossed our fingers. Did you? Yeah, he lifted up his f- crossed fingers. Yay, thank you. Um, yeah, I would love, love, love to pick up where we left off. I love doing that show. And then um, my recurring role in Franklin Bash. I do, I'm do. i doing two this season, but that's such a great show. You should watch it with or without me. Um, and that uh, they that's on TNT, and I, I believe it's going to start airing. This is season three, like June. It's like mid-June. You can look it up on the TNT site. And um, I'm in, and I'm in rehearsal for uh, Snapshots Benefit, which is I've done in, for a couple of years now. Um, and you can look it up at snapshotsbenefit.com because I don't think the show dates are up yet. Um, and that's also in June. And that's an evening of shorts written by a lot of uh, TV and theater writers. Um, really fun stuff. And it all benefits the Susan G. Komen Foundation, unless they pick a different one this year. But it's always for Breast Cancer Foundation research cool and it'll be really fun all right gary st franklin and bash returns june 19th june 19th thank you thank you 9 p.m and you can follow you on twitter yes ray seahorn yes r-h-e-a-s-e-e-h-o-r-n just normal and you can follow me on twitter at allison rosen you can follow the show's twitter feed at a-r-i-y-m-v-f you can follow gary on twitter at g patrick smith um, and okay, you and I need you either you have to come back so we can talk about periods and poop, or okay. we need to just go get a drink and talk about it sometime. I don't know. Or both. We could drink and talk about periods and poop on air. That's what we should do. For sure. Um, all right, you guys, I love you. Thank you for listening. And Thanks for having uh, me, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show?